Grace, mercy, and peace are yours this day from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Please be seated. Dear brothers and sisters in Christ, you are the salt of the earth. It mattered more before refrigerators. It's not just that you give the world its flavor and too much of any of you is bad for everyone's heart. You are the preservative. Jesus says you and you are what keep the world from rot and decay. You keep everything from falling apart. You, Christian, you, says our Lord, are the light of the world. You stand between the world and the dark. Tall order. Terrifying. Especially as our numbers appear to shrink and our world appears to rot and dark and latter days hem us in. It feels like we're losing. It feels like everything is falling apart and somewhere down the line that mutated what we were so that the hope of the church stopped being about sharing Jesus with sinners and turned into just trying to survive another generation. Concern stopped being that the world doesn't have enough peace and turned into we don't have enough officers, money, power. And we're afraid that if we don't, Everything is going to break. We're not just afraid for our institutions. We're afraid for our retirements. We're afraid for our relationships. We're afraid for our health. We're afraid that we don't have enough of whatever it takes to make things okay again. If the salt has lost its saltiness, it is no good for anything. Trample it underfoot. That's called despair. It's not good for anything. And Jesus only seems to want to twist the knife a little bit. He says, unless your righteousness exceeds that of the scribes and Pharisees, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. And the thing is, they were probably better at this stuff than us. Like, honestly, the Pharisees were not villains who twisted fancy mustaches. They were men who thought that family actually mattered. They supported their church. They stood for morality and the good of their people. They were the upright ones that you would actually expect to see standing against the darkness of the present days. They were the ones building something that actually might last for another generation. And that isn't enough. Their temple was torn down. Not one stone stood upon the next. Everything that they fought for wasn't enough. Not for this world. And not for the next. Because if you have to do better than them to inherit the kingdom, that means they didn't do enough. They were trampled underfoot. But where is that going to leave us? See, so much of our struggle our fear, our despair, is rooted in the fact that we go looking inside of the scriptures for a challenge rather than an identity. What can I do 
to achieve something worthwhile? What can I do to succeed where others have failed? How can I build something that moth and rust cannot destroy? What can I do to show that I am the salt and the light that will make this place better and make me stand out from those who make it worse? But this is not about you. Christianity is not about you. Christianity is about Jesus for you. Christianity is not a challenge. It is an identity. The light of the world is Jesus. He says so himself. That light dwelt in darkness, and darkness cannot overcome it. That light became the light of men, and now that light is you. Not because of what you did, not because of what you built, not because of what you stood for, but because Christ and his righteousness are yours. They are actually yours right now. Really. He is the light set upon the hill, that light that came into darkness, that crept in every single time that we sinned and failed, every single time that we tried our very best and it was not enough, and every time that we contributed to the destruction by our own sinful thoughts, words, and deeds. Jesus, who is the light, came into our darkness, and the darkness could not overcome it. The light was set on the hill of Calvary. The light set on the hill is the cross, where Jesus died for sinners, for me, for you, for Pharisees, for all the world. He died for the afraid sinners and the despairing sinners and the sinners who couldn't do enough and even the ones who did things to make it worse. He died for us. He died for all. And your sins are forgiven you. All of them. Jesus died for you. Your sins are forgiven you. All of them. Darkness lost. The light has come into the world and it was preserved. Rot comes undone as he who is dead rose from the grave. Death is destroyed, dark is vanquished, and the light shines forth in Christ our Lord who has conquered death and risen from the grave. And that light shines even through Christians unto the world that they would see our good works. And that is more than just the outward works of the Pharisees. That is more than just the ability to build or the power to enforce that morality. It is more than just outward works. Who Christ is shows us and shows all the world the inward work of love. It looks like mercy. It looks like forgiveness. It looks like peace. And it's not a challenge. It's an identity. You are love because you were first loved. You are love because he who was love died upon the cross that you would be the sum of every good thing that he has ever accomplished. He has died upon the cross that every evil thing that you have ever done would be taken upon himself and you would be nothing but the light which conquers darkness. You would be nothing but the love which gives itself for sinners. You would be nothing less than holy and worthy of love yourself, because Christ has given you that gift. And so this is not measured in a quantity of works, but in a quality of character. You are not the sum of your sins weighed against the sum of your good works. You are not what you have broken or what you have failed to do. You are what Jesus made you. You are light. You are salt. You are holiness. You are loved. This identity 
It lets you face the fullness of the law without fear. Now you don't need to downplay the law anymore. You don't need to excuse it. You don't need to justify yourself by abolishing all the parts of the law that would actually make you look like a sinner because your sins are forgiven as surely as Christ was crucified for you. You are in Christ now. The law cannot hurt you now. When the Son of God calls you holy and forgiven, the law cannot give you a different identity. You don't need to excuse the law or hide the law or relax the law because Jesus fulfills the law for you. The more you relax the law, the more you try to flee from what it would call you. Really, that's just the more you would try not to need Jesus, who forgives you all your sins. Because honestly, if we can fulfill the law perfectly, it's not that hard. I've seen what most of us can accomplish in this world. To relax the law, it's to point away from Jesus. To see the law fulfilled and not relaxed one iota, it's to see Jesus. To teach the law fully is to teach Jesus. To call upon you to actually strive to do the same is to hope in Jesus. So be not afraid of your failures because it's not about you. It's Jesus for you. Be not afraid of your sins. You're forgiven. Christ has fulfilled the law. Christ has won your forgiveness. He was crucified. He is risen. And he gives you this identity that you wear every single day in the waters of your baptism. This is not a challenge. It's just who you are now. Because God has made you that way. You are, in your baptism, holy. You are, in your baptism, loved. You are, in your baptism, light. In the name of Jesus, amen. And now may the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, keep your hearts and your minds unto life everlasting. Amen.